0: Onto how fast they can do, as if how fast your visualization of cleaning the kitchen will actually translate into how fast you can clean the kitchen. Hi, it's Joseph, and thanks for tuning in to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com. We start today's episode with some reflections on the previous series about desirable difficulty. So, if you haven't already listened to episodes 218 through 221, I recommend going back and listening to them first. It'll be relevant later in this series as well. We then segue into our topic for the next four episodes your passion path. We'll view the nature of work from a historical point of view, revealing how things like slavery and unregulated factory work left scars on our collective unconscious, language, and cultural perspective. So that we can start identifying and working to change the cultural conditioning that all of us have undergone. In doing this, we can start engaging with work on a more productive and fulfilling level. I offer weekly member webcasts, online courses, and mentorship at clearandopen.com because it's my truth that with the right tools, anyone can eliminate the people, money, and time problems holding them back in business. And I share parts of these webcasts and courses on this show because I want to help you too. If you're enjoying the show and learning from it, I'd love your feedback. If you're listening to the show on an Apple device, all you have to do is open the podcast app, view the full description of this episode, and click the link to leave a rating and review for the show. Thanks so much for listening. Now let's start the show. Uh, Last time we talked about Desirable difficulty. I want to start with digestions and questions from that session and that assignment and anything else hitherto. I don't know if that's the right use of hitherto, but it's a terrific expression. Hitherto, henceforth. I have to Google those later. Up until then, up till then. What's on your minds? What are you? What have you been working on? What do you want to share? What questions do you have, if any? There's no hand raising here. It's not school.
1: Uh, (laughs) The uh,
0: desirable difficulty planning
1: is new to me. It takes more time than I anticipated to do the things that uh, I'm trying to do that are new and challenging. So I'm uh, like, I just finished cleaning uh, the kitchen as part of my, uh, you know, I shared it with you, but part of what I did, I was like, okay, this is just me real quick. No, to clean the kitchen, Well, that, that took an hour. That took an hour, and I'm like, okay, I need to better plan. And that's just like one example of where I have less. I, I have less time than I thought. I need to be more um, disciplined. I actually discovered I need discipline for my plan. Discipline. So yeah, I, that-, that was my big
0: yeah that's exactly what I was going to say. You discovered another desirable difficulty, which is to spend more time and uh quality of attention in planning, which okay. is not unusual at all. you know um, most of the time when um people will say, Well, I don't know how to plan very often uh but what really they mean is I've not yet ever really dedicated the quality of time and attention that it requires you know it's like To sit down and, for example, plan one's day. Okay, here's how I want the day to go. That might take five minutes, but more likely it takes 20 or 30 in the beginning. Depending on the day. So yeah, one desirable difficulty often leads to another. I got checked at 15 to 20. It was a solid hour. It was a solid hour. (laughs) And if that's just something you know about yourself, that tends to be the case for quick thinking people and you were one of those people. Quick thinking people tend to project how fast they think onto how fast they can do as if how fast your visualization of cleaning the kitchen will actually translate into how fast you can clean the kitchen. Oh my visualization of cleaning kills. I kill the visualization. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, yeah, you drop the clean <laughs> bomb on that thing, right? Boom, 20 minutes and it was done. Yeah. And and surely yeah. you visualize that faster than the vast majority of people on the planet. But the the just the fact is about cleaning, you know, unless you're the Flash, there's the limits of, you know, time and space and the four dimensions that we live in. Yeah. And uh and that it, it, you know Surrendering to that, that things take longer than you usually uh, give them credit for. That's another kind of desirable difficulty. You know, the desirable difficulty, for example, of having 12 things you want to do in a day and surrendering to that it's really only realistic to get six of those done. That's hard because you'll always be able to think of more things you can do than do. So the desirable difficulty is to face that rather than people can for years operate with 12 things want to get done, six things get done for thousands of days in a row with this idealism of, well, maybe tomorrow, well, maybe tomorrow, well, maybe tomorrow. And they haven't faced that reality of uh, you're living in a fantasy world. And in the meantime, your to-do list is actually a daily failure list because half of those things on your list are not going to happen. And that creates a cumulative shame effect that can create burnout and all sorts of other negativities. you, You bring up a lot here. Something as simple as planning to clean a kitchen. You pull on that thread, you can learn so much about yourself. Anyone else? Okay, then. Well, we have an action-packed session planned for today. And that is on the subject of passion path. That's what I want to talk about today. Subject of passion path. Really salient subject. So we're going to connect some dots. So we've talked about the tragic history of work and how basically our entire economy is founded on the premise of slave labor, the slave labor mentality. And because slavery was the economic status quo for so many thousands of years in various forms, work became synonymous with torture. Linguistically, literally synonymous with torture, as I talked about. So we're all recovering from the cultural conditioning that goes back since the dawn of civilization into prehistory, most likely, that work is something that you do because you have to. It's something that you want to avoid. It's something that if you could wave a magic wand, you would make disappear in an instant because by definition, work is always something that you would rather be doing something else than, right? One of the simplest ways of defining work. It's something you don't want to do because you'd always rather be doing something else. right? That's how work is for most people, unconsciously or not. And how well is that working? So this I offer is the root of all disengagement. And all of the engagement strategies that managers are taught these days, while they all certainly have some value, if they don't address this root problem and if your self-management techniques don't address this root problem. So for example, if you're relating to work as this is this thing that I have to do in order to do what I really want in my other half of my waking hours, if that's your frame, that's the paradigm inside of which you're operating, then whatever you do to try to engage yourself or make the work interesting, will be limited. Does that make sense? Because you're inside a kind of belief system. You, you've you already accepted a premise. And that is that work is bad. Most fundamentally, that work is bad. So how do I make the best of it? Hey, Joseph, if you had to put a percentage
1: on... Let's just let's keep it to American society. So let's just keep it US-centric. Mm-hmm. How many people do you think go through their life with that mindset of, I struggle through work, so I get to to you to use the money to do the things i want in the rest of my waking hours like if you had to put a just a gut check percentage working
0: adults uh, 9 out of 10 to 9.9 out of 10 yeah yeah and i'd say there's some sort of varying degrees there are there's sort of a continuum there's people who absolutely hate their job and consciously know they want to do something else and then there's sort of the next level up from that where they relate to their job as like, oh, you know, it's a good job. And, you know, I get to have certain things and you know, it's it's fine. And then, you know, I'd really like to be doing X, but this is fine for now. And then maybe the next level up is this is a good job. And there is no X other thing they'd rather be doing, or they don't know what that is. But usually those people have a sense. And if you ask them, well, what if you could do anything, what would it be? And they're like, I don't know. But they're not really curious about it. So there's a kind of settling energy. Like, well, this is the job. I've been doing this for 20 years. I guess this is my career. Well, do you like it? Yeah. You hear that tone? There's this like, yeah, I like it. And you can hear in the tone, it's like there's not conviction there. You can hear what they're saying is, it's better than anything else I've done. And I don't know what I really want. I guess this is fine. And then, yeah. then there's one more category. I guess the, after that, there's the category of, this is good, but I really want to be doing something else. And those people are not settling. Or no, I guess the next level is they know what that X is, what they'd rather be doing, but they're not willing to leave the safety of what they have now. So they won't actually pursue it. I'd rather be doing X but this is good enough. And then they make some excuse like, you know, because you can't always do what you love and I've got kids to support and a family to feed and a mortgage to pay. And so this is how it's going to be. So there's sort of a levels of continuum. Most of society is somewhere in there. And so I would say the next level is a passion path orientation. So I wrote a definition of passion path. Before I keep saying it too many times, I ought to actually define it. Well, sort of the the entry level question, or the entry level definition of it, and a question I'm going to say many times today is: What would you do if you didn't have to work? And you can't say travel. What would you do if you didn't have to work? What would be your day to day participation in the world? Not hang out at the beach drinking mai tais. I mean, like, what would you do? in what way would you create value in the world? You wouldn't necessarily have to make money, but it would be some kind of work, some service, some product, some offering in the world. That's the question. If you didn't have to, if money was not an issue, what would you do that would serve others in some way, serve society in some way, and would serve you so much that you would do it for free? That's the question. That's the passion path question. And a more sort of uh, textbook definition. Uh, the day-to-day expression of your deepest values, whereby you serve yourself as you serve others with your greatest gifts. I'll put that in the, uh, in the uh, online course at the end. The day-to-day expression of your deepest values whereby you serve yourself as you serve others with your greatest gifts. So let's deconstruct this a little bit. So first of all, we have the day-to-day part. It's something you would want to do you know, multiple days a week. It's not just here and there. It's something that... That's the passion part of Passion Path. It's something that moves you to act. It's not something you want to do one day a week. It's something you enjoy doing so much that you want to do it. There's no kicking and screaming. There's no, oh, I got to go do work. It's something you really want to do. And as such, it's something you get energy from. Then deepest values, the day-to-day expression of your deepest values. So this is where it connects to your healthy self-interest. Because at the core of who you are, are are your deepest values. And I'm talking about soul-level values here, like love, truth, harmony, Spirit, whatever those are to you, these are archetypal soul level values. What matters most to you, and that's a way of connecting to who you are on a really deep level. And then the the passion path is a form of work where you translate those values into action, where you're not just valuing those values academically or in your head and then doing something that doesn't necessarily express those values but you're serving those values. So for example, my two deepest values are love and truth. And the way I express those in my work is I don't I I started out 16 years ago as a business coach before I knew uh, that love and truth were my deepest values. So the frame for what I did was largely about helping people to solve problems and make themselves successful. And then as I grew and evolved, and as I saw what people really needed, there was sort of a dance there, a co-arising. What I saw was that people's lack of success came from their inability to embody love, openness, and their inability to be clear, their access to truth. They were delusional, as we all are to some degree or another. So the work evolved for me from being about, well, here's how you create a system, here's how you do a budget, to here's how you open yourself to reality and abide with what is. And that's what I'm most passionate about. Abiding with reality as it is. So I'm privileged to get to work. I work in a business context and, and I had doubts about that for a really long time because it wasn't necessarily what i was most passionate about for a while the world of business i found it kind of artificial and stuffy and fake but then what i saw was that this is where this is the best way to influence people because there's a built-in accountability they're in pain they're, they're they have real problems with real financial consequences so if you talk to Uh, business coaches versus life coaches, for example, or therapists, you'll see that the results business coaches produce in people are a heck of a lot quicker because there's leverage. Therapists will listen to someone talk about the same problem for as many as 30 years. And they've got no leverage to really confront. But a, a business owner or manager who has a business problem if they let that problem, depends on the problem, but with many problems, if they let that stick around longer than like six months, they lose their job, they lose their biggest customers, their business closes, there's consequences. I love that. Because that gives me a leverage and an accountability vector that I wouldn't otherwise have. That and when I am influencing business leaders, I'm also influencing the people they lead. So there's a multiplier effect there so i'm I feel really privileged to say that i 've discovered my passion path, and even though I was doing some version of it sixteen years ago, it really took until about the last year or two for it to actually gel into a form where I could find my voice and my venue and my market and really get clear about because business coaching is an enormous you know continuum I mean, a thousand people will do it a thousand different ways, but for me to find what was my deepest expression? What what's the way in which I express my deepest values? For example, by doing these webcasts, which are only about a I don't know year and a half old. Um, before I did these, I was wasn't that great a public speaker. It was okay, but I still had ums and uhs in the way I spoke, and I've virtually eliminated those. And so that this has been a venue to become a better public speaker, which is part of the truth and love thing. If I want to influence people, then one of the expressions of that is, well, I want to become a better public speaker. And that means you don't say um and all all the time, right? among many other things. So even though I was doing the thing in content for 16 years, it took up until that point to start to hone it into, okay, that was a process. Or you can go to clearandopen.com slash review and it will bring you to the right place. If you're looking for more support on your journey, head over to clearandopen.com for even more tools, articles, and free resources. Thanks so much for listening. Bye for now.